This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red. A Wrexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Faye bringing you all the latest views, news and interviews from around the race course. Now if you're new around here, Make sure to subscribe, but enough of that, let's get on with the show. Hello, Kreusar. Thank you for joining us on Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham podcast brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. Easter is upon us, and my word, are we excited for this football extravaganza. After almost a 15-year wait, is it finally time for our Football League resurrection, or will it be Notts County who come back to life? There might be six matches left of the season, but the truth is it could effectively be over across the next two. To look ahead to a bumper weekend, I'm joined, as always, by Nathan Salt. How are you doing, mate? Talkie tickets in the bag? In the bag. I'm very excited for a trip to the seaside. It's one of the grands I've never done. In um, I don't know, it's one of the, the, the grands I've done... 95% I think Torquay is one I can't even think of the others I've ticked off the likes of Dover and uh, where else I've been all the far-flung places uh, over the over the years but no not Torquay so I'm very excited and I also think that we're looking at maybe a Wrexham invasion down there um, with lots of people going down without tickets so I don't know I'm looking forward to it are you it'll be a great weekend won't it yeah it's going to be crossed. an absolute party and it's just got to be a celebration, hopefully, of, of everything we've been through. But before we can get too excited and, and look ahead to our trip to the seaside, it is business as usual this weekend. Before we get into our previews of Halifax and Notts County, like we said, this could be the weekend where effectively the National League title is decided. Oldham, last time out, Nath, they were dreadful in the cup game at the race course early in the season. They somehow were even worse uh, when they visited they got a goal through a Liam Hogan header against the run of play, but Wrexham came out of the blocks in the second half. 5-1 win in the end. Elliot Lee with a wonder goal. Mullen hat-trick. O'Connell with a, a improvised header. We had the one off the line. We had penalty shout early on. It really could have been six or seven, maybe even eight on the day for Wrexham, but 5-1 win. And another game that, you know, we can always make an argument there's got to be banana skins, but thoroughly professional performance. 
I mean, a, a guy I work with called Ed, he is a, a big Oldham fan, goes home and away with Oldham, and he describes Oldham Athletic as permanent losers. You know, he said something like the last time they had a winning season, he was 10 years old. Um, so, you know, they are abysmal. And it was part of the reason why I predicted last week's po- on last week's podcast 4-1 win. I wasn't far wrong, Rich. If anything, I was playing it too safe. You know, there was, in my opinion, there was never any threat that Oldham... I mean, they, they are the furthest thing, in my opinion, from a banana skin right now. Maybe them in Yeovil town, who apparently, if you listen to their manager interview this week, only have 131 proper fans. So if you didn't go to Gateshead, apparently you're not a proper fan. I saw um, that. It was madness. That was nearly as wild <laughs> as the... Um, do you see the non-league papers player ratings from the weekend? I did. Do you think they just sort of stuck everyone on a seven and just decided that they didn't get time to... You know what it's like it's, when you do play. It's ratings, always Rich. difficult. Yeah, it's always difficult, I think, at lower level as well, where there is an intimacy. And if I do player ratings for Man United, there are some United players who really do take umbrage at their player ratings. Let me tell you about that. There's been confrontations and mix zones really? of Man United players getting really angry at their player ratings. Some of them are very, very particular about it. Others just don't care. At non-league level, the players can confront you at full time. They can question you. And I think lots of reporters... Maybe well, not lots of reporters. I think that's harsh, but there are some reporters who will be, who just see it as let's keep everyone on side, let's give them all right. a seven. But after a five-one win, it devalues the whole product of a player rating when you're giving all the Alden team the same rating as Wrexham on the day. It's an absolute farce. Rich, and a joke. I, I won't, Rich. I won't tell you the player uh, on here, but I would say that I had a similar situation. You just saying there about a confrontation. It was the next day actually, but I got a very strong. Uh, message from a player. It was the, I'd, I'd done player ratings for the FA Cup final when City played Watford. I think they won 5 0 at Wembley. Was Ben Foster in goal that day? Uh, I don't know if I don't know if he was. I'd have to, I, off the top of my head, I can't fully remember, but it was a defender uh, or the agent of a defender um, that really, really took issue with 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 the player ratings. You know, remember, they've conceded five here in a cup final and could have been more. And uh, I learned pretty quickly, like you say, that. Players are incredibly precious about player ratings. But, I mean, if you're an Oldham player, you take the seven all day long. A lot of them had sevens. I think that was a misprint for twos and threes. And I'm just looking at it. Do you want to know something else, Nath? Do you know go why they were it. so angry? It was actually 6-0 to City in the cup final. There you go, 6-0. So it was Jorelio Gomez in goal. Dear Ben Foster was on the bench. It would not have been 6-0 right. if he was starting, let me tell no. you that. Well, I, I, like I say, I dished out a couple of, I think it was threes and fours maybe for that defence, and they did not take it well. So I learned a, a very quick lesson that play ratings are very precious to a lot of people, and it's yeah. Maybe we'll save maybe we'll save industry anecdotes for the summer. I can tell you maybe. about all the uh, Man United players who have blocked my colleagues for giving out <laughs> bad player ratings. Um, but so basically, yeah, Oldham, Oldham were terrible, mate. Oldham were absolutely atrocious. Um, and nice and they needed, Fondop get sent off, to, wasn't it? Yeah, what on earth is he doing there? That I, is the I cherry know, on the icing on the cake, that isn't it? I, I mean, mean I, I feel like I've got Fondop as a Facebook friend, but you know. A, an, an interesting he was a cult hero with us a little bit because he was this you know maverick striker sort of you know could be great one minute could be terrible the next bit like Matthias Pogba many years ago but what is he playing at there is he just his head just his, his head seemed to just go and of all the people that you would pick a fight with I mean if, if you dropped Owen O'Connell into a UFC octagon I feel like he would be able to handle himself he is a tough bloke and Mike Fondop didn't stand much of a chance going for the Irish Colossus, I don't think. No, it was you could just see his frustration. It all boiled over. And yeah, it was a moment of madness that sort of summarised their day. They were already down and beaten. And then they just 
added that into the mix as well, which was just, you know, commiserations to the Oldham fans who are having to deal with their first year of the Vanarama. It feels like they might have a few more years of it ahead of them. I mean, yeah, but Wrexham were brilliant. And for me as well, so Nath, I know, I know Elliot Lee was the standout again on the day, but Ryan Barnett, I think... He is just my favourite sort of player. No nonsense. Gets the ball and he bloody runs, doesn't he? Roadrunner on the right wing. He was tormenting that defence. And what a wise addition he was. He's a joy to watch. And I can't wait to see what he does over this this bank holiday, really, because he just offers so much. He is such a threat. Yeah, it, it's it's really interesting in terms of the wing-backs, what, what park he will go with you know, for the Notts County game. Because... You know, people like Barnett are brilliant in, in attack, and I, you know, he's obviously improving defensively all the time. But he's not, by his, you know, I'm sure he would admit himself, he's not a defender. Um, you know, he is there for his attacking output and his delivery. You know, his crosses for Mullin and all that is absolutely top tier. But Ford, you know, will get onto it. Played in the reserves and has been very dependable through a lot of the season. Jacob Mendy, who I I love, is is copping some heat now. He was in team of the week, um, the Van Arms team of the week. But you know, Callum McFadden's there, knocking on the door, playing the reserves again. So the wing backs are a really interesting one because I feel like every other position is quite set in stone at the minute. Um, but Barnett is, I, like I think you might have said it um, last week, but you know, at twenty three, he is um, an asset that is gaining more value and the one thing Adam Summerton of BT said when we spoke to him a few weeks ago is that the one thing you want from Ryan Barnett more than he was given at Solihull is goals and assists you know that is where he is working on his game and needs to improve and you saw against Oldham and you've seen in you know against York as well so direct so brave on the ball and he's got that cross to, to you know to seal it at the end so he is, yeah, a real, real asset. And, you know, what a pickup when we sort of really, a couple of weeks before the deadline, you'd have thought we don't need, you know, don't really need another right wing back. You've got Bryce, you've got Reese, you've got uh, Anthony Ford there. And yet he's come in and displaced all of them. And, uh, you know, looks like he's not going to be giving up the shirt anytime soon. Exactly. It's just, as we said, uh, not to sound like too much of a broken record, there's no sense and no logic in buying players who aren't future-proofed for hopefully when we do get promoted and Ryan Barnett already looks like a player capable of of shining in the league above and potentially even higher up than that so fantastic to see Mullen I mean we've, we've said again you take for granted just how good he is every single week he just you expect him to score and growing up what was it we had that season was it Five six years ago, where our top goal scorer Sean Pearson with like five or six goals. Yeah, that's that's a week's yeah. work for Mullen. We are spoilt with what he's got, and I know there's always tedious debate where it's Mullen or Langstaff. It's like the Messi Ronaldo debate. Why can't you just enjoy both? You know, they're very different yeah. types of player. You've got Langstaff, who's a, a poacher, an incredible number nine. You've got Mullen, who does a bit of everything. His work rate, work rate, his tenacity. They're both excellent. They'd be amazing in a team together. But we've got Mullin. That's how the chant goes. We're delighted to have him. And Nate, this was another game in which he was purring, wasn't he? That third goal, especially, the backlift, the, the way he gets that much power from that distance with such a short sort of step onto the ball, that is phenomenal quality. The, the third goal is out of this world good, you know. And like you say, there's, there's very, very little backlift on that. And somehow just pings it into the top corner. You know, that is a player at the top of their game. And I've, I've said this many times, I'm going to sound like the broken record. You're, you're witnessing an all-time great in, in front of your very eyes. And that 
is often strange to say in the moment and usually history you know improves people's legacy but what one's doing you know i put out a tweet the other day on rob ryan red about most goals in a single wrexham season so mullen is now at 43 which is taken him past tommy bamford in 1932-33 long before most of us or all of us were born tommy bamford there got 40 these are what stand in his way so he's got six games left rich these there's three people ahead of him in the all-time single season record so you've got in third place, you've got 1930-31, Tommy Bamford, 45. So Mullen would need three more in the next six games to get third place overall in this in this list. 1994-95, Gary Bennett. I know Gary Bennett's tweeted about this already, saying he'd love Mullen to pass his record. Gary Bennett got 47 in that season. You know, there were other, other games in that World Cup and, and sort of thing. But, you know, four away from equaling that, five from surpassing Gary Bennett. And if he goes on an absolute tear, Mullen, which is not beyond the realms of possibility at all, all time, most goals in a single Wrexham season, 1933, 1934, Tommy Bamford, 51 goals. It's there for him, Rich. It, it, it really is. He, you know, what is it now? What's he going to need? Eight? Eight goals in six games. I mean, if anyone can do it, Super Paul Mullen can. That's the thing. It's definitely achievable, isn't it? It's, it's within the the grasps for him and that's just phenomenal and again he will he will see that as an incentive and even if it doesn't happen this season he'll see it as his target for next season anyway so yeah we are spoiled and you know the biggest players are defined by doing it in the biggest games as well and this weekend is another chance for him to show exactly why he is right. Wrexham's go-to man uh, Halifax away of course he scored that late winner last season um, Notts County is a, another opportunity as well for him to to do it and well rich quickly i just want to say on elliot lee i thought it was his best game by far in a wrexham shirt i thought he was yeah flawless in his display i really did think he you know not just his goal but everything his link up players movement his hustle really really impressed you know i know he, he he's very i mean he's obviously he's very very popular among the fan base and among the players but just really knitting it together there have been performances where he's done it for 60 done it for 70 this was a you know a ninety minute masterclass. You know there, there was no other word for it. And much like Barnett against York, who I thought was head and shoulders above everyone else, it, it's very strange to say Mullen got a hat trick and wasn't man of the match. But Elliot Lee was totally deserving. I thought he was yeah easily his best game in a Wrexham shirt. I think that even his biggest critics will have to accept that he absolutely ran the show uh, at Oldham, didn't he? He was yeah sensational, brilliant, and again another player that he sees got this ceiling way above the National League but what impresses me again and I know we've said it plenty of times before is the fact that we have these players who have dropped down to this level but they've got the right mentality they've got the right attitude because whenever you have money there's a danger that you buy mercenaries who are here to take an easy payday maybe have a nice catch up with Robin Ryan every so often but they don't really care about the club what Parky has got is a team who regardless of what they're being paid care and buy into this project and Elliot Lee epitomizes that he said that he wanted to join a project last summer he wanted to buy into where Wrexham were going and you know it does show through on the pitch because in those tough moments you need people who care and have that passion that commitment to get you over the line 
and that has shown so far, and that's what gives me so much belief going into into these last six games. These players really, really want to get promoted. It isn't just a paycheck for them. Do you know what I mean? We have got such a good squad ethic. Again, for me, that stem that stems to the management and the coaching team for for implementing that. And yeah, bring on Halifax on Good Friday. So Nathan, ahead of our trip to the Shea this Good Friday, I caught up with Rob Brown from the Halifax Supporters Association. They've just booked a trip to Wembley. That's where we started off our conversation. And you might be worried to hear, they're quite confident ahead of our meeting this weekend. I mean, Rob, the best place to start. Altrincham on Saturday. What was that like? That was absolutely amazing. We were dead and buried. They were the better team, Altrincham. They, yeah. Uh... They had plenty of chances to seal the game and it was literally three minutes of injury time and it was the fifth minute of added time that we scored and it was uh, proper party time and the penalties were at our end of the pitch. We don't lose on penalties. Our keeper's great and never lets us down. And we, we yeah, it, it was just fantastic. Football's like that sometimes, isn't it? Where you don't expect to get a result, whether it be a draw or a win. Just that unexpected moment. Some of the guys I was with left the, uh, the game early uh, they were at the car, uh, they were back in the ground again. Luckily, they got on a nearby coach and managed to watch from the, uh, the coach window above the, uh, the gates. Uh, but it, yeah, it was just incredible. Really, really good. And a uh, proper high, really, you know. Uh, the FA Trophy isn't massively important in the earlier rounds, but when you get to the final, it's brilliant. Oh, yeah, we learned, we learned that last season where it, was, it didn't really matter until we got Stockport in the semi-final and it became a very important one for us. And I suppose, that, I guess that tees up nicely there. I mean... Halifax must be right up for it, full of confidence now heading into Friday's game. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we, we've had a bit of a indifferent season. We have a bit of a run here and there and a few uh, dodgy results here and there. Uh, we've had a few uh, you know, real tonkins at times and also quite a lot of narrow defeats as well. So uh, we do turn out the unexpected result here and there. We beat uh, Solihull away 1-0 when they were riding high. I think we're the first team to beat them in 12 months at their place earlier in the season. Uh, that was a night game. Uh, you know, and then uh, other times we've uh, we got I think done four nil at home by Woking, and uh, you know we look it was only four, uh, but Woking are a good team to be fair as well. Uh, so you know I think we lost one in eight recently now, which is bad. Uh, so yeah, I'm awful, but I think from memory serves me right. Generally, we have a good uh, uh, a good record against Wrexham. We've had a few victories against you over the years. Uh, we were leading that your place to lay on, and uh, you know we, we managed to end up losing that one three one. But yeah, I'm hopeful for Friday. Yeah, buzzing, absolutely buzzing for it. You know, not to lose, have we? Really? Yeah, exactly. I, I suppose that's been the the theme for it in the last few games. We played York, we played Oldham. So that's fifteenth, sixteenth. Now we've got seventeenth on Friday. Would you say that that has been a fair reflection of Halifax's season? Or I know the table's so congested there. Do you feel that? You know, 17th is quite harsh on, on, on the performances. I think 11 games in, we were bottom of the league. Uh, so we went on a bit of a run up to Christmas, got ourselves out of it, and we've maintained the position pretty much where we are uh, since then. Uh, we didn't have that bad start, you know, perhaps we might have been close to the playoffs. We were fourth last year. Uh, big change of uh, players over the course of uh, last summer. Uh, the manager left to go to Barrow. Assistant manager got the job. Uh 
you know, football at our level, constant change, isn't it? You don't get players signing uh, for long-term contracts and uh, all the players left us all progressed up the leagues. So it's just one of those things that you, you have to understand that players will come and go. They want to better themselves. Uh, so, yeah, some years you get good players. Some years you get players that are just new to it, really, and learning. Uh, and you just have to support them. So, yeah, 17, it's all right. You know, we're, we're clearing relegation now, I feel. And getting to the trophy final, yeah, it's great. One of those players that you mentioned that left now plays Wrexham. Well, he does. He doesn't make the squad, Billy Waters. Uh, he's not been in a match day squad since we signed him. What is your verdict of him? Are you, were you surprised to see him join us? I mean, what what have we signed? Uh, well, he, he scored quite a good number of goals just last season. I think he got uh, knocking on 20 goals just last year. It might have been 20 plus. He left for the manager to go to Barrow. Uh, I think he played in Northampton previously. Uh, He's quick. He takes his chances. He does all right. It's not massive, uh, you know. But clearly, there's some players at Wrexham that are, you know, much higher quality than national league level. And you know, he, he he's going to take his chance when he gets it, isn't he? He can't ever guarantee injuries. Uh, if he gets his chance, he'll be fine. Uh, but he, he works hard. He, he'll, he'll score. Uh, but I can fully understand that he's not had a chance yet because of the quality of players you've got uh, who really are national league level. To be fair, are they? No. Uh, I mean, if you look at the Halifax team, someone who's familiar to Wrexham fans is Luke Summerfield, who was always a really good non-league midfielder, really good in the ball at his feet. Uh, how is he doing? Is he the catalyst of this Halifax team? Yeah, he's real quality. He's calm. He's uh, He plays the ball well. He's had uh, quite a bit of time out injured. Uh, but since he's come back, he's made a real difference. And, uh, you know, he scored on the penalties on Saturday when... Uh, Everybody was uh, panicking because we were two down in the penalty shootout as well. That was the other thing, you know. We were up against it, and uh, he's, a, he's a very, very good quality footballer, you know, and uh, nice and calm. And as you say, he's been around a lot. And uh, sometimes it's good to have a, an old head, isn't it? You know, it's you know against uh, younger players that are coming through. So yeah, great. Uh, I mean, yeah, if you look for your team as well, there are quite a few sort of veterans of, of non-league football in there. Who should we watch out for this Friday then? I mean, you said there's an element of surprise, you've got nothing to lose. Who who could be the fawn and Wrexham's promotion push? Well, uh, Dizaru, uh scored last year for Wrexham. Uh, sorry, for, uh, for Grimsby at Wrexham, didn't he? In the 5-4. Uh, he's been all right. I think he's our leading goal scorer. He, he's a big lad. He's, uh, he's due a goal or two. Again, he scored a penalty at the weekend as well as part of that shootout. Uh, he's calm. Uh, so he's due one. Uh, we've got Jesse Deborah at the back. He's he's absolutely solid. Uh, the keeper's great on his day, uh, you know. But you know, Gilmore's uh, improving as well. He's uh, he's come on leaps and bounds this season, and uh, he can turn the game as well. So, you know, to be honest, your players are higher quality. Uh, you know, so we've got absolutely nothing to lose. But on the day, the referee decision, a chance. You know, it can go anywhere, can't it? And uh, I think if we were to uh, to get anything from the game at all, we'd be all be delighted. Yeah, you've certainly uh, sown the seed of some pessimism there that a lot of us old school Wrexham fans will be well aware of. We're not getting carried away just yet, even if, even though we're in this favourable position. One thing I do like to ask anyone who comes on these sports of rival team is, what are your sort of memories of Halifax Wrexham fixtures then? You mentioned there you know, had a decent record in the past. I've been to the Shea many a times and not seen us win. What What are your memories of the fixture? Uh, I mean, since the club reformed, I think we played in the fourth qualifying round of the FA Cup about 13 years ago, and it was nil-nil. Uh, we were, I think, three leagues below Wrexham, and it got to injury time, 
and Rickson won it with a 25 yard top corner. Uh, we were looking to uh, go to the race course, you know, first time as a new club. Uh, and that was a bit sickening, to be honest, on that, on that day. Uh, but I think the first time we got back in the National League, uh, we played Wrexham, I think, second game in, we won 3 2. Uh, generally, we did all right at home, you know. So uh, I think we lost an FA Trophy game a few years ago. We lost last year. To be honest, we could have gone 2 0 up uh, late on. We hit the post, and next minute, you know, Wrexham win it, don't they? Uh, it, it's one of those, but, you know, so, some clubs you have that sort of hex on them, don't you, where you, you do well. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if we get some at the weekend. You know, my mates are uh, very much positive for what we can do uh, because football doesn't always follow the rules of uh, whoever's top of the league always wins, does it? You know, every team at the top always loses. Every team at the bottom always wins uh, at some point. And the thick clubs in between will always win some and lose some, won't they? So, You've re- yeah, you, I think the, the needle is... This podcast will be fear heading into this weekend, then, isn't it? It is the one that could decide our, our season for us. We, to be fair, we've made a good habit of winning the games we should win this season. That has been the big change, really. And that is usually what decides the title. I mean, I feel I know the answer to this, but the final question is, do you have any sort of prediction or, or hopes for, for Good Friday then? Will it be a Good Friday for Halifax fans? I think it'll be a Good Friday for us because it's going to be the biggest crowd for a long time down there. It's a great atmosphere this year when it's, uh, when it's rocking. Uh, whether it be home fans, away fans, or a mixture of both, it's a it's a proper football ground with uh, some great atmosphere. It's the uh, the biggest terrace left in Europe, I believe, uh, just standing only, uh, and the second biggest is the other end of the pitch. So you know it's uh, it's a great place. Wrexham will have uh, you know their end full. Uh, we'll have a good crowd. Uh, it can take a point. It'd be brilliant. You know it's one of those where we've got absolutely nothing at all to lose. Uh, nobody's expecting us to do anything other than give it 100%. And if we do that, regardless of the result, you know, we'll, we'll be fine. But yeah, if you think back to last year, you, you took on Dover at your place, didn't you? And that was tricky. So you never know, do you? You really don't know. Well, Nath, we all always have that running joke of the pessimism on the podcast. Halifax have nothing to lose. They've just booked a miraculous trip to Wembley. Like I said, if anyone didn't know that, they were losing 1-0 to Altrincham in the FA Trophy semi-final, scored a 95th minute equaliser and then won on penalties, having gone 2-0 down in the shootout as well. They have got nothing to lose. They've got some dangerous players, but Nath, surely we just make this into another routine win that, that we have been doing in recent weeks. I'm going to go Halifax nil, Wrexham 4. That's my prediction, Rich. I think it, yeah, I've, I've absolutely, I'm, I'm, you know, people say this is like arrogance or whatever. It's not, it's just pure confidence. But I, I look at the players that don't play and if you put all of those pl- players in a team together, you know, let's just say, I know Lainton then just, just say Howard, McFadzian, uh, you know, Hayden, Lennon, Ford, all the all these players, you put them in a team that would do well in the national league. You know, Billy Waters up front, Sam Dolby, Ollie Palmer up front, whatever. It would um, it would do really really well. So I've got no doubt in my mind that we will beat Halifax. And I know they've got their tails up, but a bit like we've had it before, Rich. Where is one eye going to be on Wembley now? You know, players going to probably not, but a player's going to be thinking twice about a fifty fifty. You know, Wembley's on the horizon. It's a massive day for them. 
and uh, like it has been for us in the past. So I've I've no issue going to the Shea and and we're we're going to be roared on by what is it four thousand two hundred four thousand three hundred or something it's like gonna that. It's going to be chaos. It's going to be, it's gonna be chaos. chaos. I mean, how many home fans are there going to be? And also, will the club accuse you of lying about food this time? Because oh, that get, is one of my all times. That was that that was was that the first game we ever went to together? I think it might have been Halifax away on the train from Manchester. Yes, we we're did it on uni. Friday night. I think did we? Uh, Louis, Louis Malt maybe. Two. Louis Malt scored two Friday night, and uh, we went. I think we went. We tried to buy some food. They didn't have any, and on Twitter they accused you of being a liar. So yeah, I totally very hospitable. Halifax club account saying why is there no hot food? I'm in the queue, and they like quote tweeted me and said I'm lying. They do serve it. And I was like, no, I'm in the queue. There is no hot food. I'm I'm here. And then yeah, every time Halifax scored a goal, basically that season, I just got loads of tweets at me, loads of abuse. That was a season where Hartlepool United, Salford City and Halifax all had public spats with me on Twitter. So I need to try complete the full sort of. 23 before we get promoted yes um, but yeah another... big game rich and you're excited I, I know i'm i'm very excited for it but you're i mean are you behind the goal it's, it's just a rare one for us usually we're kind of penned in at the side and we've had good and bad memories there behind the goal it's, it's going to be such a special occasion isn't it? good friday people are going to be have the full day off and uh unlike the fiasco of barnet people are going to be able to enjoy enjoy their morning enjoy the day to it yeah before we get on to barnet i think after myself and Rob recorded that chat as well, we, we were ch- chatting a bit and he was wishing as well, saying, you know, to be honest, it, it does them a favour if we get promoted, us and Notts really, because it means there's less competition for them next season really and maybe a bit more of an even playing field. Uh, he said um, that he's got a real good sort of image and he really likes Phil Parkinson because what he said sort of off mic, we he's happy for it to go out, was last season when before we played Halifax, Phil Parkinson went to scout them out and he said that on the night Phil Parkinson didn't go in with his sort of free hospitality he just paid on the turnstile went and bought a match program he bought a team sheet put in money into Halifax that he didn't need to he didn't have to and he said you know what a what a, how lucky we are really to have Phil Parkinson because he's such an honest proper footballing man and the fact class. he's given back to the league you know that is that is class. That's Clapping class, hands that. emoji. That is brilliant. Um, what isn't <laughs> class, class? You mentioned there. Barnet away. Ten days notice. It's been moved forward from three pm kickoff to twelve forty-five pm kickoff. Surprise, surprise! It's going to be a big day in the title race. It could be the game Wrexham lift the trophy if Notts County were to not pick up any more points before we go to Barnet. You know, there's lots of mitigation to that. It could be Coronation Day, the one that matters this year. But Nafe. It just left a sour taste in the mouth, really, that football fans, and particularly match-going fans, have been treated... Well, they haven't been treated anything. They're second thought, they're an afterthought, completely neglected. I mean, it's it's nothing new, is it? You know, broadcasters have the final say. They have total control. These these deals at all levels are very, very lucrative. You know, I've been writing recently about the EFL's deal and whether to scrap the blackout, and I was, you know, in favour of scrapping the blackout. Um, but at our level, you know, BT have a, have a contract and they you know, can decide when they choose which games. The way it's been done, I mean, like you say, it could be Coronation Day, but more likely is if Wrexham are to win it that day, it will be done in the late kickoff. And so Wrexham's fans will be either on the train home, on the bus home, or in a pub watching Notts County. And, you know, after all these years, some people won't care. And and I personally, I just want to go up, so I wouldn't be too fussed. But it's not the best way to do it, is it? You know, they've done it so that all the pressure will be on Notts County in that late game. 
I don't know. I just think, you know, could these things be decided sooner? They would argue that they're waiting to see the narratives and waiting to see, you know, if they did it months and months in advance. I, I, I just think there's, there's got to be, there's got to be a better way to do. There's got to be a better way than, than sort of shafting fat. I mean, these tickets went on sale months ago via bar. Yeah, I looked. I I had to sell my ticket. I've had to sell my ticket because I can't go anymore. There was a way I could potentially have gone if it was 3 p.m. I'm meant to be working a 7 to 3 p.m. shift next Saturday. I was going to drive down to London, find a cafe or somewhere and work eight hours and get to the hive as it kicks off. Can't be done now for a 12.45. You'd be be bouncing off the walls with the amount of coffee you'd have to drink in it. Yeah, I would not be well. And driving to London as well. I'd have to drive to London about 4 a.m. 3 a.m. But, (laughs) you know, I had... Yeah, I did have it all planned out that that was my sort of backup, my contingency plan that, that was going to happen. I've had to sell my ticket now. And I noticed I bought my ticket in January. Right. We have known for like three months, two and a half, three months that this game was going to be huge in the title race. You could look at the, the league table then. Barnet, one of the surprise packages, doing really well. Wrexham, obviously involved in the title race no matter what and, and expected to go to the end. The, the Just the lack of foresight, even if you just announced it a week earlier, you know it's going to be a big game even a week before it happens. Give us as much yeah. notice as you can. The 10 days is an absolute joke, an absolute disgrace to people who actually have to go to these matches. I think I saw the South Wales Reds. If they want to get to the game in time for kickoff, they have to leave about 3am from South Wales. It's an absolute farce. And I know you can say, well, the TV deals giving good publicity to the league. They're not putting any money into the league, BT Sport. This isn't like the EFL or the Premier League. This this is very different to all of that. And yeah, it's an absolute farce. And what is even sicker is the fact that on Monday, BT Sport will be championing the National League, saying how much they care about it when it's Wrexham versus Notts, the two teams who are the poster boys for the league. And then, you know, what is it, five, six days later, we're the ones getting shafted to get down to Barnet, like cattle. We're just an accessory on the day. We make their production better because there's a good away following. But yeah, those Wrexham fans who can still make the journey, credit to you. But yeah, real, really it's, disappointing. It's an issue at all levels, though, Rich. Like I see the amount of friends I speak to who support Premier League clubs and they say, well, if I want to go to this late kickoff, I don't know, just say it's Newcastle at home against Arsenal, say, friends of mine who are Arsenal fans. And they're playing five thirty on a Sunday or something. I don't know whatever the fixture slots are. And I say, well, if I want to get home, I'm on the train. If I want to get back, I have to leave at the fifty fifth minute or something to got to get back to the station. I can't even watch the entire game. It's not actually possible to get there and back in the same in the same stretch. And just well, I've I got mean, that in late at the right. end of this month. Maybe start next month for work. I'm going to Brighton away for Manchester United. And right. The, the game, the last train home for fans to get back to Manchester would be at half-time. And yeah, that's what I'm you, saying. You just, it's an absolute disgrace. Uh, interestingly enough, I tweeted about it and a Stockport County fan said, you know, that is expletive. I remember our game at Chesterfield last season didn't even have a kickoff time two days before. They moved the kickoff time three times within 72 hours of kickoff. And, you know, this isn't just a Wrexham problem, like you said there. This is... all levels but there should have to be some legislation about not being able to schedule games when there's not accessible transport back for the away fans or that you there's a there's a cut-off point where games can't be rescheduled unless it is unforeseen circumstances it should be likely moved for tv at such short notice rich i pose this to you go on well nathan i was gonna say as well you know if it's if you know after this weekend and even after barnet the title can't be won 
I'd, I still won't be surprised if more Wrexham games are getting moved. That's what that's my message to Wrexham fans, that if we, as long as we haven't sewn up the title and one team's not won the league, be prepared that some of these kickoff times that we've got pencils in will be changed to well, later or earlier games because well, I can that, see that, that happening that, at the short notice. That was, that was my question. That was my next question is that, okay, the Yeovil game, that's on Tuesday night. That's not going to get moved. That That is in a slot that could be televised. Boreham Wood, are we looking at potentially a late kickoff there? An early kickoff there, probably the late kickoff. I think BT usually have the early slot for the Premier League. I think that's pretty pretty normal. They have a twelve thirty normally. Um, so you know, looking at that Boreham Wood game, I would have, I would be surprised if that's still a three pm kickoff. Come, you know, that point if that's if that is a trophy lift or if that is a must win game or, or or whatever the case may be. And then last game of the season, they're all slated for three pm. Is that going to get moved? We're going to have an early set on the Saturday, a late set. If, if, if the title now. can be decide, if the title can be decided on the final day of the season, then I presume that they'll have to move those kickoff times. But every game would have to kick off at the same time. Yeah, for exactly. Competition integrity. So, you know, it's not just us. It's not say just say for argument's sake. I don't, and we don't know this for sure, but just say for argument's sake, the final day all get moved to twelve thirty. Say, Torquay. Now that is an early drive down for Manchester for me. That what well, well, time people would be leaving Wrexham for that? It'd be. Two, three in the morning, four in the morning, or something crazy, um, or even earlier. I don't know. It might even be earlier. So yeah, be prepared. That's what I would say. I agree with you, Rich. Be prepared because you know this isn't the last time that I would imagine in this in this title race that ourselves and Knots will be having their game sh- shuffled or shuffled around. It says it says if I leave my house right now, it is exactly five hours to get to Torquay. I'm going to be doing it there and back. I think on the Saturday. So if it's a twelve o'clock kickoff, I'll have to leave. 5am, 4am. So, so you're not painting it. I'm staying down there over the weekend. So I will be well, hopefully uh, painting Torquay red. Uh, if again, we... and ag- yeah, again, sort of behind the magician's cloth is because <laughs> we're both football reporters. The day yeah. job is reporting on Man United. That's what pays the bills. Right. United play right. on a Sunday. I have to be back in Manchester that Sunday for, for Manchester United. I, I You know... I, Whenever I go to a Wrexham game, I'm always working the other weekend day. So whenever we have a, a Saturday win, I've got to be, I've got to drive straight home and get ready for work again. You know, it is, it is relentless. I know there's sacrifices everyone makes supporting this club, and that's why it's got to be so sweet if and hopefully when that actually does happen this season. Rich, one of the things that came back this week, we spoke about it before, there aren't a ton of reserve games, but by God, the reserve team this week could hold their own in the National League, couldn't they? Let me read you the team. And I don't know why, firstly, a quick point of contention. I'm not sure why the club, um, given we were playing Huddersfield, I'm not sure why they used a badge of Bromley, but there you go. That's not Huddersfield Crest. But this is the team, Rich, that played against Huddersfield um, and won 3-1. Kai Calderbank parking goal. Defence of Max Kluwerth. Scott Butler, Ryan Austin, they were your back three. Anthony Ford, right wing back. Callum McFadzian, left wing back. Midfield of Luke Young, uh, Will Mountfield, and oh god, how do I say Malik Jick Steele? I don't know how I, I, I pronounce his name. Yeah, Dyke Steele. Dyke Steele. And then a front two of Louis Lloyd and Billy Waters. I mean, that nice is that. not, that as a reserve team. That is some team. And particularly, I think the most interesting ones in there, Anthony Ford. You know, he's building up his minutes and wants to get back into first-team contention. Luke Young, for obvious reasons, first-team captain. Billy Waters. That's the most important one, isn't it? Billy Waters. We've said, can he get in the 
squad. Can he make the bench, just given how it is with five subs and everything? Sam Dolby's played great. Oli Palmer's played great. And I don't know if you caught the story this week, Rich, but it was actually Billy Waters who came to Ben Foster's rescue because Ben Foster turned up for the York game without any shin pads. And it turns out that Billy Waters had a pair that he'd bought from a nearby Sports Direct. So, or was it JD or one of the two at Eagles Meadow? So um, Billy Waters came to Ben Foster's rescue because Ben Foster had forgotten that you need shin pads. But anyway, Billy Waters, he must be itching to play against Halifax, itching to get on the bench, his former club. And what was it, two goals and assists? Or a goal, two assists in the, in the reserve game? And, you know, he looks fit and firing. Exactly. I mean, there's always going to be a temptation that put him in against his former club because we always fear that ourselves when it's in, in the reversal. Again, though, you've got Mullen chasing this record. He'll be wanting to start every single game. He wants to play every minute of every game between now and the end of the season. The concern is, you know, that Mullen has got this this long-term injury uh, that's that still needs to be looked at in, in the summer. It is more precaution that, you know, if anything happens, you've got him um, on the bench. I suppose, as we've said, you know, it's just there's the limitations of the, the amount of substitutions we've got and the fact that Billy Waters is the Paul Mullen replacement and we don't have any plans to replace Paul Mullen. So he's always got a bit of a short shrift there until the next season. I would like to see him on the bench. I'd like to see it just for a bit of change, really, uh, to have him there. But I, he can understand if he, if he wouldn't be. And maybe we'll get onto team news in our sort of lineups at right at the end of the podcast because you have to consider both games, don't you? Considering they are in, in quick succession of each other. It's going to be interesting to see how we do handle it, what type of changes we see for Halifax. And yeah, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what they'll do. Like I said, I'd like to see Billy Waters play against his former club because you sort of have a sense he'll do something. But why would you change this winning formula and the formula well, that's that it. has done so well in recent weeks? Yeah, that's it. But it's... You know, it, it is just the the depth. You know, you're seeing it in front of you in black and white there, in uh, or in red and white really in in that graphic. Um, the reserve team. It is just the strength of it is. You know, most of those players would would get in. You know, I remember you went to Ultram away and we spoke a lot about your pie and 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 all that when when you went to the trophy game. We lost on penalties, but Scott Butler that night was one of the one of the best players, wasn't he? Like our best defender that night. And yeah, he was you know, great. I, I, Max Kluwer, obviously, rate incredibly highly. Ryan Austin's been really unlucky with injury and hasn't been able to play much. Anthony Ford's obviously been brilliant. Luke Young, obviously, I'm a big fan of Luke Young. McFadden, you know, I've seen calls recently for McFadden to come back in ahead of Mendy. Um, Waters, and and you know, I hear a lot of good good noise coming out of the club about Louis Lloyd. So, yeah, the depth is, and and really, what I'd love to see, and I know we're not in a position now, but really, as in the next five, ten years, you'd hope you'd see people like. Louis Lloyd and Scott Butler and Max Clewith and people that have nurtured in the academy because for many years that was that was one of Wrexham's biggest strengths is that they were able to you know um, build up a player and, and nurture a player from from the academy in, through into the first team because like you say it's always obviously you want to win first and foremost but it's always nice if you can have a local lad or a homegrown player come along for the ride so yeah. Uh, really, really impressed with the reserve, with the reserves, and from what I heard from that game. And Billy Waters, that's the one. Will he get in? Will he not? Like you say, he knows he's there as cover. We know he's there as cover. You'd hope for his sake he at least gets some involvement over this bank holiday weekend, because, like you say, there'd be no harm shuffling the bench a little bit and, uh, you know, mixing up the squad for the two games. <laughs>
Rich, I mean, there's a lot. Go- <laughs> there's a lot going on every day with Wrexham. We're checking the news and then check WhatsApps, and uh, you're usually on the ball. Whether it's Mullen talking about his Wales call-ups or or I in this to case, post the same tweet every week about <laughs> Wales call-ups. Wales call-up. But what we don't post every week, Wrexham's accounts. Um, they were released. So the accounts for 2021, 2022. So from last season up until I think it's June 30th, 2022. So we're not seeing any impact of this season yet in terms of in terms of all that sort of stuff. But Kieran Maguire does price of football and, and all that sort of good stuff. He's broken down the accounts. I thought it was really interesting. You know, turnover up was turnover was up 400. You know, and that was. No real surprise. Yeah, the club is on a massive footing. More sponsorships coming all the time. Massive exposure from first season of the documentary airing. And uh, what we should also say is that the documentary airing doesn't get taken into account, Rich. You know, that aired in September, was it? August, September at that time. This is until June 2022. So we're not really seeing the impact of the documentary quite yet. Um, 1.3 million in terms of retail income. You'd imagine that could have been more. But the club, as Sean Harvey's already been on this podcast and said that, you know, impossible to have really known exactly what we could have done and what we could have sold, and and especially with the the demands. I just thought I'd, I'd break down some of the interesting things, Rich. So, for example, last season, I thought it was interesting that staff numbers had doubled um, from I think it was about eighty staff in twenty twenty one up to one hundred ninety five staff. And for one, the reason I say that's interesting is. Whenever the club is becoming more and more professional, that requires more and more people to get you there. And I'm sure the club want to keep hiring more people. Also, Wrexham bought players for 1.175 million, which is a National League record. Again, that's not going to come as much surprise. 300,000 on Ollie Palmer, you know, moves for Tom O'Connor. I think that one was undisclosed, but, you know, wasn't a record, but was close to that. Lots of things. 1.175 million um, was no surprise. And really, talking about the revenue, Wrexham's revenue was just short of six million, which is the highest in the National League, ninety percent of League Two, and also higher than some clubs in League One. So you know, we think turnover for the period basically, and that's million. capped as well because there was only so much merchandise we could sell, and there's only well, that's what, mean, that's, there's that's, only so that's many tickets saying, we could but, sell. Yeah, but I'm saying it's, that of that breakdown of that six of that six million. So you're saying about retail income, one point three million. That obviously could have been more if yeah. we've had the you know not the supply issues. Sponsorship and advertising, one basically one one million, just over a million, um, and you know those two year deals. So you're thinking TikTok was a two year deal that's up for expire at the end of the season. I'm trying to think, I'm, I'm not fully sure off the top of my head of what Expedia were and Aviation Gin and all those sort of things, but that was just over a million. And then match day income, two point six five million. So for all the talk about improving the match day experience, and I'm sure that will that will continue to be looked at and analysed, and you know. Every time I go, there seems to be issues with the concession stands and all that sort of stuff, getting a beer, getting food. Less so in the Mold Road stand when I've been in there, but more so in the Wrexham Lager stand. But, I mean, you look at it, match day incomes, they're in black and white, 2.65 million. You know, that is remarkable. Um, and, and so those are all the plus points, Rich. Those are the plus points from the accounts. If I flip it the other way, you know, the the headline that people have gone with, and I saw, um, you know, former staff member uh, Andy Duff, former commercial director at Wrexham, um, calling out the BBC for this, and he called it called it lazy and and uh, sort of clickbaity, basically. Um, that Wrexham lost in, in the period uh, for last season. Wrexham lost two point nine, just under three million. Um, mitigating circumstances to that in terms of 
buying the freehold to the stadium, a loan from the owners, which they said there is absolutely no immediate pressure to pay that back. You know, football costs have gone up. The wage bill is, what, over 2.5 million now? The Athletic were, I mean, the Athletic even said it's up close to 3, 3.5 million. I'm not quite sure if it's at the top end of that, but, you know, the wage was obviously gone through the roof. Dare I say, we 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 need to, you need to speculate to accumulate sometimes. And, you know, the club are looking to rebuild the stadium, build a squad that's that could compete in League One. That's not going to come cheap. All of that is not going to be done in a way where you're going to be able to to um, to stay in the black, basically, the whole time. It's ju- it's just not it's just not feasible. Um, so I've got no issue. You know, Robin Ryan have introduced a three point six seven million loan, um, and that's to you know partly help get the freehold of the stadium. And the directors have confirmed they will continue to fund the club going forward. I really don't see any issues. I've seen things about you know losing fifty six grand a week. Um, last season and and they've lost three million and, and whatever else has been broken down i spent four million on property um yada 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 paying three percent over the base rate on interest on the loan very very technical but what i would say is from someone who isn't um super super savvy with all this i would say that i wouldn't have any worries at all you know they're investing no. they're continuing to invest they've put the club on a massive you know massive platform massive profile we're playing man united and you know the size of Man United, Rich, and the fan base and the fandom. It's a whole other level, isn't it? Yeah. It's it, it. That is, you know, for a quick quick side note, that is a Man United and probably Real Madrid are on their own tier of just pure fandom. I remember for family members of mine, they went to Malaysia once. You like the story, Rich? They went to Malaysia, and they were doing a an excursion through the jungle in Malaysia, and uh, you know, very little, very little English spoken there, and. And one of the only things they knew about England was Manchester United and Liverpool. And so that was all they said. And they were asking my family members, did they know Manchester United? Did they know Liverpool? Um, which shows you just the pure ridiculousness of their, their fandoms. Um, but, you know, Wrexham are playing. We just had Rob McElhenney in San Diego with Andy Cole promoting a, a what is now, I think, is it sold out now? If not, it's very close to being sold out. Wrexham are going from strength to strength. Getting promotion will deliver more money in terms of the EFL sort of breakdown of cash and and look you know and also for the players it's just a nice little aside in in the in the notes I think it's point twelve financial commitments guarantees and contingent liabilities so I'm a nerd for stuff like this um the add-ons have gone from so the bonuses basically have gone from five thousand for promotion it looks like in 2021 and for 2022 the liability is two hundred and fifty thousand so I don't know. Drinks on the lads if we go up, I think. Yeah. And, you know, again, as you said, sort of in big business, debt is manageable. It's, you know, owing money right, and losing right. money isn't isn't a problem. Um, I know we don't have that. Like, we are. We're all fine. It's all good. And who, yeah, like who, said, makes, who makes money in football, though, Rich, normally? Not many. Not, not many. many and like you said, you've got to speculate to accumulate. And I, absolutely fine because there's... Yeah, there's so much reason to be happy, and like I said, you can you can see why some people go down a lazy sort of sexy headline like that because it it does grab people's attention, particularly people who aren't too clued up and savvy on the matter. But all the indications and everything we've heard is it's absolutely fine. Everything r- is going to yeah. be okay. And Rich, what I would say is, for example, those you know we don't know the exact figures, but those initial sponsorship deals, obviously there was huge interest already in Wrexham, and you've got Ryan and Rob back in it. But dare I say now, you can negotiate even better deals 
you know, even better. Everything should now be able to go up. You're now, you know, you know, in a couple of weeks, you're hopefully a fourth division team rather than a fifth division team. You'd be on season two of a documentary. The documentary won a critics award. You know, they're working on, I know we've got a question Rexham this week. Wrexham are bloody worldwide. Everyone we talks are, about bloody Wrexham. World, bloody Everywhere we go, mate. it's Wrexham, Wrexham, Wrexham. And Mission accomplished this, already. Yeah, we got a question this week, Rich, about, you know, the training ground and, and what's happening with that. I'm, I'm still trying to find that out. I'm not sure exactly what where we're at with that. But the club is developing and it's becoming a more attractive sponsor. You know, it's becoming a more attractive asset to, to be part of and to, to have access to. Um, and anyone who, quickly, anyone who watched Ryan Reynolds' recent Mint Mobile advert on Twitter, I am convinced, I don't know, I don't even think I ran this by you, I am convinced that was filmed inside the Aviation Gin Suite. So if you watched it and you also thought the same, tweet us at Rob Ryan Red or find us on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or email us, robryanred at Or just track us down to our homes if you have to and just tell just, us. Yeah, follow us, knock on the door and tell me if you thought that was also in the Aviation Gin Suite because I did. But yeah, basically, long and short of it, don't worry about the finances. Yeah. Every little think, thing is going to be all right. Yeah, long and short is we're absolutely massive, just like <laughs> our floodlights. Nath, we've got Halifax out of the way. We've talk, spoken about Oldham. There's the elephant in the room. Notts County, Easter cool. Monday. It makes me feel ill, the thought of this game. It always <laughs> felt like it was months and months away. And then it's this week's podcast. And then it's two games time. And then after sort of 5pm on Friday, it's next up. We've always said to take it every game as it comes. Can you treat this just like an ordinary game? It, it To me, you can't. You have to almost play up that this is huge, humongous. You've got to handle the occasion. It's going to be absolutely hideous, isn't it? And you've been getting the, <laughs> uh, the opposition's sort of viewpoint ahead of the game? Yeah, so I mean, like we always do, I just thought I would pick the brains of someone who knows far more about Notts County. And no, I didn't pick the brains of Notts County zone, but I did pick the brains of Mr. Ollie King, who writes for the Nottingham Post. So he covers Notts County for the Nottingham Post, very well in the know with Notts County. And so here is what he told me about Easter Monday. I guess firstly, starting off then, have Notts County given up? That's the question, because everyone seems to think that Luke Williams has given up. Surely that's not the case. Uh, I don't think you can at this point because it's still so finely, it's still so finely balanced. You know, three points in it currently. Obviously, Wrexham have that game in hand, um, but then you know Monday's game is going to be you know the biggest the National League has arguably ever seen, if not the biggest game that the league has ever seen. I think you know it's perhaps a bit of a bit of mind games from Luke Williams, but I know that Phil Parkinson is you know an experienced enough manager to know that whatever he's saying to the cameras could be something completely different conveyed behind closed doors. You just never know. Um, but a lot of the players have insisted that, you know, it's not over. It's not over until the final game is played or unless it's mathematically impossible to catch Wrexham. But I just can't wait for the game on Monday because if it goes in the way of knots, which I hope it does, it's um, it just makes for a fascinating final five or six games because it's just going to be, you know, it's, it's already proved that it's going to be one of the best National League title races ever seen. And I think if both sides, you know, are going on to get the league record for the most amount of points, and it's an absolute travesty that only one goes up automatically and one of these sensational teams might not even make it out of the league this season. What What's the mood among the fans, though? Is it, is it the feeling that, you know, it's it's win or bust a Wrexham? Does the fans sort of feel like they have to come and beat us at our place, which obviously no team has done this season? Um, I feel like, yeah, that is sort of what the fans would like to see. And obviously, 
it's it is a tough game to go to Wrexham. Obviously, not played, not lost at home all season, which is a, a r- ridiculous achievement. And knots were the same up until their uh, defeat to Dagenham and Redbridge uh, last month. So, uh, yeah, I think, to be honest, I think knots of uh, going to Wrexham with nothing to lose. <clears throat> Excuse me. The, the the pressure is not the pressure is potentially on Wrexham more than it is knots because knots can go there. Um, Knowing that they need they need to go out all guns blazing, they need to go and get the win. To you know, a draw isn't good enough, and a loss most certainly isn't good enough, and more or less hands wrecks in the title. Um, but they they know they've got to go out there, they've got to win, and you know, Wrexham could feel that pressure, but Notts could also do as well. So it it just makes for an interesting time, what one that would be great for great for the neutral, but maybe not so great for the fans that are going to be there nail biting stuff that I think it will be. We obviously we played back in October, the start of October. We lost one 0 that night against Notts County. Langstaff scored from that really well worked free kick in the end. Looking at our team, I mean there could be seven or eight different starters come Monday's game, and obviously we're speaking before the Friday game as well, so we don't know. It'll be interesting to see how well we age in in terms of whether it's still three points or more or less. But but what's changed in terms of Notts County's team? Have you been able to keep a, a kind of consistent? squad all, all season or have you been able to make the changes like we have um, well Luke Williams I think for the entirety of the season has named the same the same 11 in consecutive games three or four times I'm not sure on the number but it's not been it's not been that often he's always been uh, he's always one to like to change the uh, change the team around we've had more injuries I think throughout the season in defence than anywhere else we um we missed Connell Rawlinson for a large part of the season um, at the start. He's come back in and then was out again. Aidan Baldwin, quite similar. Um, a really, really good player and far too good for this level. Um, was missing for a few large parts of the season. And then more recently, Sam Slocum was out for three matches with an injury picked up in training. Uh, Carl Cameron missed two games through illness. So, And then Richard Brindley as well uh, was missing with a recurring back injury. So I feel like the defence has been has been the area that has struggled the most with the injuries this season. But then I think, for, obviously, to have Macaulay Langstaff, a striker that's you know on the cusp of breaking a National League record for the most goals in a league season, for fit for, you know, for, uh, 30, I think it's 40 games out of the 41 available. To have him fit for that long is, you know, testament to him, testament to the to the staff at the club, because I think without his goals, you know, not might not be where they are now. Um, Ruben Rodriguez as well another player that has been fit throughout the whole season I think he's only missed two games one was through suspension and then one was through um, an injury so I feel as though the defensive problems have perhaps you know cost us a couple of points earlier in the season but when you've got the attacking players like Ruben Rodriguez and Macaulay Langstaff in your armory you're always going to be up there you're always going to be scoring goals you're always going to be creating chances and that seems to have worked perfectly for, this, for us this season before I maybe get onto those two I was just going to pick your pick your brains a bit on Aaron Naman and Adam Chickson who are kind of the, the wide the wide players and obviously for us in a, in a 3-5-2 Jacob Mendy who's, who's got that left-back spot at the minute, left wing-back, and we've got Ryan Barnett. You know, that is a key part of our game. And I, just from the outside looking in, Chickson and the man have been, you know, breaths of fresh air for you guys. Yeah, definitely, 100%. Well, with Chickson, uh, with Adam Chickson, it's quite an inspiring story. It was um, a couple of years ago under Neil Ardley. He was more or less 
you know, out on his way out of the club. Not many people saw him as part of the plans for the next coming seasons. And then this season uh, under Luke Williams has been an absolute revelation. Uh, 11 goals in all competitions this season, uh, which is, I think, his best career career total. I think he's scored more goals this season than he's managed in the entirety of his professional career, which is just in- incredible. He's been one of the, the most consistent, one of the most standout players this season. And then... With Aaron, with Aaron as well, he was operating in more of a an advanced position in seasons gone by, but this season has you know dropped back into that wing back wing back position. And when he's running at you with pace and the directness that he does, he's unstoppable. You can't you can't get near him. He's just been an absolute absolute breath of fresh air, as you said, of a player. Macaulay Langstaff then. He's obviously the name that that everyone is looking at. You can't not see what he's achieving. Incredible stuff. It, is the mood that not simply have to go up, and even if they go up, can they keep him? That's the question. Yeah, there was a lot of talk in um, in January about about this as well, because I think at at the time he was on around twenty two, twenty three goals, and that's just you know even at that early stage of the season, it's incredible. And then what he's gone on to do. Uh, 40 goals, 40 games. He's already broken the club record for the most league goals in a season, which was 39, which was a 92-year-old record. Uh, if he scores, you know, either at Wildstone on the Friday or at Wrexham uh, on the Monday, he breaks the national league record for most league goals in the season. And then I think the most remarkable thing about all of his 40 goals is none have come from the penalty spot. Mm. Uh, Ruben Rodriguez is the natural penalty taker. So everyone, I think if he'd have taken all the penalties that we've had this season, that he'd be, he'd be one away from fifty goals, which is which is absolutely ridiculous at this level. And I remember speaking, well, speaking to the owners earlier in the se- earlier in the season around the time of you know there was a lot of interest surrounding Macaulay Langstaff, and they said that it have it would have to be a you know a, a, a sensational offer to prize him away at that point in the season. But I think, as you put it. I think it, there's. I think there's uh, nine players out of contract at the end of this season, and I think whether not to playing their football in the national league or if they're playing it in League Two will largely depend on whether new deals and new terms are offered to those players. You've got Adam Chickson who is out of contract this season. They managed to tie Matty Palmer down on a new deal, which I think is a, a great bit of business because he's been one of the most consistent players this season. Ruben Rodriguez is out of contract in um, in the summer as well. And, you know, I think if a bid comes in for Langstaff and we are still in the National League, I think it'd be very, very difficult to turn down because if he carries on the scoring rate that he is, his price is only going to go up and up and up. And I feel like the powers of teams coming down perhaps from the Championship or one of the top, uh, the top teams in League One, they put a, a, a attempting offer in, then, you know, the club might see it beneficial for them moving forward to let him go and try his hand at, you know, playing at a higher level and then rebuilding from there. We should probably see if Ruben Rodriguez likes North Wales and see see if he uh, see if he fancies uh, a Disney Plus documentary. But I guess finally, then, mate, before we get onto the, the game itself, what's it been like, you know, covering Knots this season? Because it it's been one hell of a season. And I know, you know, as a reporter myself, it's uh, yeah, it's just amazing when you when you get to cover teams that that do so well. Yeah, yeah, it's been brilliant. It's been honestly, like, I couldn't have asked for a for a better season to cover. I've um I've been a freelance journalist for about two years now and I've covered I covered Wigan Athletic during their 
League One title winning season. And then um, the following season, I covered Blackburn um, as they just missed out on the playoffs. And then I was offered the opportunity to take the role at Knotts uh, a lot closer to home rather than travelling, you know, a couple of hours to get to home games. Um, so took a grasp the opportunity with both hands and the first game I went to was they had a pre-season friendly against Nottingham Forest who had just been promoted to the Premier League and just the atmosphere the the way that the team played just the feeling around the stadium and then obviously speaking to Luke Williams for the first time as well you could tell that there was something special brewing and then obviously that's come to fruition this season and being, you know, just a small part of that and be, having the the opportunity to cover that is just, you know, I've been so, so, I'm so grateful for like all of the, you know, the responses and all of the interactions that I've had with the fans as well. They've took me in with open arms and then you've got Luke as well, who's been brilliant and then all the players as well have been fantastic. So, yeah, it's been a great season and I'm just hoping that, you know, it has the ending that we all want and I feel like we deserve as well. Yeah, not 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 the ending we want, I don't think. Um, but you know, how how do you see Monday shaking out? Because it, it it's like you say, one of the biggest games. I remember our Stockport game last season when we were chasing them down. We beat them at home, gave us an outside chance. Still, they had their game in hand and obviously went on to seal it. How do you see that shaking out? Because it'll be maximum pressure, you know, maximum attention. You know, you'll see this week loads more media will get involved. People that maybe weren't following it in in the build up. It's can the game live up to the expectation is what I'm trying to ask. Oh, I'm I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Um, as I said earlier, it's 100% the biggest game the fifth division has ever, has ever seen. It's going to be a spectacle. It's going to be a brilliant showcase, and it's one that I'm really looking forward to. Um, personally, as as I said earlier as well, I feel like if if um, not not need to go there and they need to win. They know what they have to do. Um, they know that a draw isn't good enough. They know that if they lose, they're more or less handing the title over to Wrexham and they'll be starting to play for the playoffs. Because um, I feel as though if we lose, the gap will just be too big. Um, and Wrexham, I've looked at their fixtures. I think the only possible ones I could see them dropping points in is perhaps Barnet and maybe Boreham Wood. But then uh, apart from that, they are very favourable fixtures and I feel like they'll... I'll, I'll be very surprised if they lose again this season after Notts County, hopefully. <laughs> so, it's, it's, so it's all on Monday. So it's, yeah, it's I, feel like, I feel like it is. I feel like it is. I'm, it's, it's one of those, I'm not nervous just yet, but I think as soon as, you know, I wake up on the Monday and it's, it, it's, it's there in front of me and I'm driving up, I feel like the nerves are going to start kicking in and then I think as soon as you're in the stadium, it's... I'm going to be, I'll have no fingernails left, let's just put it that way. Rich, you know, Ollie is still holding out hope that it's going to go, it's going to fall on the side of Notts County, this title race, and you know, it, it, he's expecting an epic game, basically. I, I'm. You just said there before about playing it up and making it into a really big game. I, I almost imagine that Phil Parkinson will try and do the opposite of that. You know, he just strikes me as a guy that does not want to, in any way, fan the and flames. And he's done that this of, season, hasn't he? Well, he's yeah. done that with the Sheffield United games. He did that with Coventry. 
I, I think last, I think the the trophy final was too much of an occasion. I think that we just we were dreadful that day. And we just didn't. There was a lot of hoopla that day, and we were poor. We were just poor. we were just poor. Uh, you know, there's no getting away from that. But there was a lot of hoopla that day. Wembley and and uh, and look, he knows they're big games. He knows Sheffield United away is a big game. Coventry is a big game. But he also knows what he's doing. And uh, he's that's the thing. That Phil Parkinson is the master of cup upsets, handling these sort of occasions anyway he's proven that throughout his career he's proving it here as well last season there was the mitigation that we'd lost our best keeper our best defender and we didn't have the quality the backup there this season we do and truth be told Nath Notts County have to beat us at the race course they have to win they have to win a draw doesn't do them anything it just prolongs that gap they have to come to the Kairas and win Wrexham haven't lost there this season in any competition we've only ever lost two home games at all under Phil Parkinson was that Grimsby and Yeovil? Yeovil when McAlinden got sent off for the aerial elbow. For, for jumping. And, Grim- and Grimsby. So we've, only, so we've only lost one game in the re- well, I say regular season. So aside from that Grimsby I, play, we've only lost once. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, just, I think so. we lost twice in all competitions as well. Right. You know, right that includes right. FA trophies. That includes the FA Cup. It's, right. it's formidable. Wow. It's an absolute fortress. And again, it, as it was against Oldham, the atmosphere is brilliant. And I think it will be the same on, on Easter Monday. This is a That'd real be so good rich it's, it's the cliche so and i know some people roll their eyes but we really are going to be the 12th man and 12th man women child rich, whoever's stockport there last se- rich stockport last season in the home game that had the feeling of a big game didn't it you know we were the chaser at that point we were the hunter it, it that felt big and that was you know stockport fans have held their hands up they lost you know lost the battle but won the war but they were blown away that day and i remember was it jordan davis played the ball through for paul mullins scored just on the stroke of half time Ash Palmer had an absolute nightmare. We run out three 0 winners in the end. It was that was a great day, and the fans were brilliant that day. And it is. I'm. I'm. I'm really. I'm excited. I'm not nervous. I'm excited, Rich, because I. You know, these are two incredibly special teams, and I'm intrigued. I hope that, um, you know, at the matchups, you know, we're looking at Mullen against Langstaff, Lee against Rodriguez. Chickson against Barnett, you know, there's some really good Naman against, is it, or Chickson against, uh, yeah, Chickson will be on the same side as Barnett, um, and then Naman against Mendy, it'll, I don't know, I think it's just going to be an absolute classic, basically, and I'm really excited to just see the Mullen and, and Langstaff show, I, I really am, I, I just think, I can't see it being anything other than an absolute barnstorm because they need to go for it, and that will give us more chance to and also, Rich, for us, it's going to be a test of our, you know, defence because, look, with all due respect, Oldham and York, you know, we're well, kind ben of... Foster's had one save to make, really, hasn't he, since he joined? Right, and there was nothing he could do. I thought it was quite it. funny that... I was quite funny. I thought it was quite funny that in his vlog, the only thing that uh, his GoPro missed was his was the goal he conceded. But, um, yeah, nothing he could... Absolutely nothing he could do about that. That was just a freak, great header by Liam Hogan. And, uh, yeah, Easter Monday will be will be special because, like you say... If we win it, we're basically there. If we lose it, then we're still basically we, there. We, we we are still basically there, but it's just gonna take it a little bit further, a little bit longer, and uh, you know, add to the drama, add to the documentary drama. In, I don't like drama. Up. I want you don't like it. I want a feel good flick. Yeah, I just want us to. I just want us <laughs> to get over the line with no nothing anymore. So you're not I into horrors, be, dramas. Thrillers? I want it to be a procession. No. Yeah, I want nice. it to be a dreadful predictable outcome that's what i want um right. but yeah bring it on it's got i i'm feeling physically sick just talking about it nafe um i suppose then 
just to bring anyone listening up to date, at the time of recording, this is before we both play, Wrexham, of course, play Halifax on Good Friday, Notts County next up at home to Wealdstone, and then it is the Battle of the Kairas. Incidentally, Notts County still have to play Woking. We still have to play Boreham Wood as well, who are two of the form teams, two of the best teams in division. So there are, as Nave said, probably some twists and turns away. Notts County most likely will have to win at the race course on Monday to have any chance of, of winning the title. Wrexham top at the moment, 100 points, 40 games played. Notts County have played one more and they are three points behind us. Nafe, team news we mentioned, both games have to be sort of considered together. Do you make r- changes for Halifax and then predict to play a strong team on Monday? For me, I'd say no, because you need to win on Friday to to make sure Monday means as much as it should do. He's not going to change on. He's not going to change the team from Oldham is he for Friday. Surely, I mean, I would, I would put Tom O'Connor in there, but I just can't see how he's going to change it. I, I really can't. No, I, I, I agree. I just don't really see. I, I, I see there's arguments, and we've got lots of different players, but I don't really see him changing anything either. Uh, I suppose, like you said. Wing backs is interesting. McFadzine more defence minded. He might be a better bet for the Knots game, but I don't think Halifax away requires dropping Mendy. Even though I agree with you that Mendy's been, he has been off it the last few weeks, but he just has has that something special it's, and can make tri- things happen. It's tricky, though, Rich, it's tricky, though, Rich, isn't it? Because I wouldn't want to parachute anyone in against Knots County when we know that we know what team they're going to have and we know that they're going to just target if we, you know, if we drop someone in who. The only the only reason I would make changes if I touch wood not, they don't happen, but if there were any injuries on Friday or anything nagging, it, you know we're only a couple of weeks away, Rich, from the end of the season when players will get a break, whether they go to Spain. I know a few of them have booked holidays before the US trip, and well deserved holidays as well. Um, but for me now, now is not the time to turn Phil Parkinson into the Tinker Man. You know, if he wants to make something like a, a Palmer for a Dolby, it's you know they've both got regular minutes and are not undercooked. I would say, you know, making sweeping changes, say changing both the wing backs or something, would be would be a little bit too crazy for me now. And while I, like I say, while I would prefer Tom O'Connor in that midfield, you can't argue that James Jones has buzzed around and, and has clicked with Cannon and Lee, and you know more than deserves his, his spot in there at the minute. So headaches galore but you know we're not the manager we're not the kind of Clough and uh, Clough and Taylor and, and uh, all that sort of stuff so leave it to Parky yeah. in Parky we trust that's what I was going to end on whichever team Phil Parkinson picks I have utmost faith that it's going to be the right one and you know we can worry we'll have we'll go for every emotion I'm sure over this weekend but all that matters is that we have got to just back the boys we've got to make the noise we've just got to get behind them we've got to be that 12th man we're gonna to have to go full Delia Smith you know let's be <laughs> Avenue let's just bring it on Wrexham yes six games away from the Football League reality is we could be two and this is the weekend where we're gonna find out what we're really made of it's been brilliant so far let's hope the ending is just a spectacular Nafe thank you so much as always for joining us on Rob Ryan Red thank you very much Thank you once again to you as well, wherever you are in the world. As always, please do leave a like, subscribe if you haven't already. Nate, I know you want to plug Spotify comments, oh, yeah. is it? Leave, yeah, you can leave comments now. So under each episode on Spotify, if that's where you listen, there's like a Q&A and you can reply there and we can post your comment and the whole world can see your thoughts on the podcast. So be nice if you want to get uh, on there. But yes, new, new feature, Spotify podcast comments. 
And thank you very much, as always, to podcast sponsors, Red 10 People Development. Without them, it just simply wouldn't be possible to bring you this every week. Thank you very much as well to Wrexham-based band Hypnotic for letting us use their music, uh, their stings in the show, The Wrexham Way, out now. You can listen to that on all good platforms. Take care. We'll see you on the other side. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order muck delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! <laughs> Just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.